back again with another episode of cut talk radio as always we want to say thank you to everybody who's supporting the program up to this point uh thank you we appreciate it a lot but yeah we got a brand new guest today we got somebody involved in the in the tech industry you know the future is looking technological a lot of news about ai a lot of news about uh technology and things like that but what's really going on so today we have a guest here we have igor holovka here with us igor can you please introduce yourself to the people yeah sure thank you Raul. Uh, yes, uh, basically I'm working in the software industry for already like 12 years. I'm originally um, from Ukraine, but I grew up in Spain all my, all my life. So I'm working, um, I worked in a lot of industries since since then and uh, a lot of companies, consultancy companies, uh, startups, big tech companies, even product companies. So yeah, I think I can... I can help you with some of the questions that you you can have about this industry. So yeah, whenever you want to, we can go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Uh, so we have. So there, you you know, you kind of let us know there. You've had a pretty lengthy career in terms of what you've done, uh, different industries, things like that, but. Let's start with you in the beginning. You mentioned, you know, born in Ukraine. You know, obviously there's a big uh, war going on in Ukraine right now. You know. Yeah, you're right. And and so you know, but let's start with you and your beginning. How was it like growing up in Ukraine? What were your upbringing? A little bit about you. How was that? It was very nice in in my case because I born in a little uh, in a really small town, uh, and let's say in the like nearby Poland right now it's like a, one of the safest places in, in the country well anywhere is safe but well you know where nothing is happening so far no so i just grew up there but when i was a little my parents just moved to to spain and well let's say i don't know almost nothing about country because well i think i was like a just too little mm -hmm. to to share some experience about the country how the life is there and so on and even though I was living in a really small village, we were like 18 people living there. So it was, you know, uh, not even a city. So yeah, that's yeah, somehow my, my story in the country. Yeah. So I, I've heard a lot about, about those small towns, you know, all over, well, obviously there's small towns everywhere, but you know, the, the over there in Eastern Europe, you know, the, the towns being you know kind of outside of the city but just close enough to still receive resources and things like that but you mentioned you were small mm -hmm. and how was that upbringing in the country do you think it helped you to have imagination and things like that being born in nature or, or were you too you say you were young how old were you when you moved to spain like i was like eight yeah i think it was really nice because at the end you get all the possible freedom that you can have as a kid and i think that's great for your development and you can experiment with everything outside, you know, because you are not in a small apartment in New York or something. I was like a outside. Um, I was walking in a small town where I was living. You can go anywhere where you want. You can do whatever with friends and so on. And yeah, I mean, there is almost no restrictions and there is even no cars. So there is like a super safe for, for kids and you can experience a lot, you know, in terms of yeah i mean for for your development error and for everything you know then you just um at the end you're just having tools mm -hmm. for surviving maybe that will help you uh, in your well later and for you when you already grow up you know so i think that's just amazing <laughs> yeah i think and then what you describe is a very natural you know human upbringing you know nowadays yeah. As we mentioned, you know, we're more in like a technological age. So, you know, but I, I'm old enough, you know, I'm 26. So I'm old enough to where like my youth, I could relate to that, you know, really like growing up with friends and things like that, you know. And then we saw the transition into technology and how people kind of became a little antisocial, you know. But you, it seems that you really got to look into the natural, you know, being in tune with nature, touching the ground, you know, <laughs> making friends. And I wonder if that... Exactly. Yeah, and so when you get to Spain, it's probably a big culture shock, right? You're from, you're going from the countryside, and now you're in, 
España, you know, you're in the great <laughs> nation of Spain, you know. So how big of do you remember like what was that mind when you went there? Was it like whoa? Yeah, I mean it, it was just crazy like to see to visit because you're right, the first place where I visited it was the, the capital of the of the of the country because I came with plane and we just landed there and you know the buildings were huge but right. well you know you, you don't remember much when, when you're a kid mm -hmm. and you're just like uh you know uh you're just walking nearby your parents and there is not much what you can share because i was there only one day and you know and then we just moved uh, to the city where we were living so it was just a tax transaction going to from the capital of the of, of the country to where we where we had a house no so yeah and but but was not so big change for me because again we moved to another small town well, there was like a maybe a 50 hundred people so it was it was you know um, nothing just like a crazy you know you can handle it and yeah you know you can walk around in one hour and you can just go anywhere you want no so yeah i mean it was just straightforward to yeah. to be in there maybe the most challenging thing was the language you know but mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> espanol <laughs> uh so so that's interesting to me because you know you you mentioned this pattern of living in small towns uh obviously your parents choice were they very like how were your parents were they also in technology or were they more no not really i mean they were just you know um as people who just migrate from one country to another, at the end, you're just accepting whatever job opportunity that appears, you know? Mm -hmm. I know if it's the same case as your parents or something, but in my case, it was like that. At the end, my, my father, he was like a mechanic, you know? But when you move to, to another country, you cannot, maybe you cannot be in this, doing the same profession. Maybe if you're lucky, you do. But if not, you will accept the first job that just you can do you know and as fast as you have some money just to survive right. anyone will accept it i think you know so yeah at the end uh, my my father for example he was working in a factory in a stone factory so wow. um you know he was like a cutting like a marble pieces so it's nothing related with technology it was just like a different world and i just start loving technology with you know with the first computer well not first but maybe first for me mm -hmm. and when i was playing video games i was really in love you know with technology what the computers does how they works so as a kid you start um just trying to an assembly everything see how it's inside what is inside and you know what in everything what you have um you know, like hardware, uh, those hard disks, what you can connect, disconnect. So yeah, you know, those things just make you explore and you want to know more and more about. So you just continue studying and just like a hobby. I never knew I will end up working in technology industry until I decided to, to start studying it. But before it was just like, I you know, uh, everyone, hobby. kids, hobby. Yeah, maybe like na right now, everyone maybe is playing Fortnite or something, and they don't really know if at some day they will end up, you know, working in a office or somewhere. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, right. Definitely. And and you know, right there, we're getting into the to the technological side. So you mentioned, you know, if I, the first <laughs> time you interacted with the computer, you know, I also recall something similar where it's like. I remember like when the internet came out, you know, and it was like, you could just type a word and it just like all the information came out, you know, or like you could just crazy. go on YouTube. Yeah, it was, it was insane. Like for, for knowing what it was like not having that and then having it was like, you know, it was like, I mean, I guess I didn't know as a child and I know of course it was probably hard for us to tell, but you know, that was like the beginning of the, the new era, the new era, you know, the new era of humans yeah was gonna be the computer and uh so what was the uh, what was like your first you know you mentioned there just kind of getting into the hardware of the computer getting into you know the programs of the computer uh was it like a love at first sight thing where you were like oh okay uh later on when you started to study and things like that was it did it immediately catch your attention 
Uh, no, because before I always had it like a hobby <clears throat> since when I was young. Um, and let's say I start really getting into when I start studying uh, computer science, let's say. And yeah, then you see all the potential that uh, this technology has, you know, because at the end, if you have idea, any idea that you can convert it really easy and quickly into reality. For example, imagine before WhatsApp, no one maybe think about it, like how, uh, what can we do not just to communicate with each others? Maybe we had email, maybe what messenger, maybe you probably remember or, or something, but one day just WhatsApp appeared mm -hmm. and everyone was using it, you know? So, uh, at the end, when you start studying this such of, uh, things, you can see how easy, well, with current technologies and maybe 10, 15 years ago also, more or less how easy it can be. Because maybe in one, two months, you can build your own WhatsApp or Twitter or, or something. I mean, of course, a small scale, but it right. does the same, you know? So it's just amazing because if you have amazing idea, you can even create your own product. You can create your own company. You can create your own or own mobile app, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it's fascinating, you know, and and it's something I think that people in the future it's gonna be a part of like the criteria, the curriculum in schools, you know, because I think right now we still have a the majority of people have a hard time understanding how computers work. Besides mm -hmm. just like you click and then it does it. You know, it's like, you know, but then what you're mentioning is the whole background of it. You know, it's like when you click, it sends a code, it sends a signal, you know, that does so many things <laughs> and then it makes it look easy. But in reality, like a thousand things just happen, you know, but it's like you say, <laughs> you know, it's the, the convenience. And also, you know, it's, there's this fascinating thing. And before I get ahead of myself, I'll just start with the simples. So let's say first day of class, you know, you say you're in computer science, you're, you're in there. When you were in school, what was the programming language that they were teaching in the beginning? You know, in a, you, you mean before you not know, going to high school, no? Like in a like that's where it started, regular yeah, school, did you, no? Did you start in high you school? Mean, uh, let's say we had something, but uh, in, in our school, but it was most likely related to like a Word, Excel, yep. and some programming languages, but really... Um, high level, something like HTML, you know, create some simple uh, websites using some tools. And also remember we had some softwares to, to play with, like with robotics. And when you have like a puzzles, you know, and you just drag and drop mm -hmm. like a pieces of logic and you put them somewhere just to see how it behaves, you know, like if you have a robot and it's really, mm, I think fun and nice for kids to have a machine and send them just like instructions, like a move right, move left, going straight until, I don't know, 20 centimeters or something. So you start watching what technology can does, for example, and all the potential that has, because when you start playing, playing with something, you start having ideas what you can do with that, you know? <laughs> so it's just great because it just like, like opens like a too many doors in your mind like <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah you can do this uh, now uh, using this same logic i can do this i can do that i can you know anything anything at the end there's no limits you know yeah you know what that's interesting that you say that that way because it's like yeah like that's that's just how our mind works you know it's like uh, like you say, you get an, you introduce new technology and the mind will instantly get creative and imagine the most extreme thing mm -hmm. we can do, which is like, if you notice right now, we're kind of like at the extremes of, of robot, you know, learning and things like that. It's like, we're, we're actually so into developing the technology that some people would even say that the technology is getting smarter than some people, you know, <laughs> uh, based on its ability to learn you know which is something we'll get into a little bit later but yeah so sure you mentioned think. in there you know the connection between robotics which is something that maybe uh would fascinate people you know how you mentioned 
throwing a command mm -hmm. and then the command chain being whatever the robot you know let's say let's say there's a ball on the table you say move left two centimeters drop down grab boom and then you see it, and then you mm -hmm. say oh the robot you know you might think that it's doing it for on its own but really it's just following mm -hmm. a function right it's just doing something that you told it to do but what what did that fascinate you when like i want to know what was that like because i imagine that's an experience as a human you know like you know how to move your arm you know how to do things like that but how <laughs> is it seeing a machine being able to do that like was that obviously you mentioned it sparked your curiosity like what was your first ideas when it came to that did you have any initial ideas um well maybe one of the first things i had in mind it was like the logic it's not so like a people friendly, no? Right. Because at the end we have one way of thinking and one way of um, resolve problems, right? And when you go to the computer science or programming languages and all, all, all this, well, all this world you know, about the technology, no? at the end you just see how different is like communicating, speaking and talking with the, with the computer. It's just completely different to what we think at the beginning, I will say it's a bit hard to understand to how to translate your language, what you are thinking into code, no? But when you just get experience, when you just finish your studies, when you start doing project by your own, when you start building any sort of apps or just like a facing a lot of problems, at the end, it started to be easy, you know? But at the very beginning, it's so frust uh, frustrating, I would say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah for sure and i think i think what that you know people see these codes and they just see a bunch of just boom 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 <laughs> boom boom and they're like wait what like what's going on here you know or like you know i've I've had to code a website before you know and that's like easy stuff you know and i'm still uh -huh. getting confused and messing it up you know so <laughs> like you know i can imagine once you once you're getting to these long strings of just commands and how the uh -huh. computer is going to create an algorithm to to learn its own mistakes and then it's like what like you know it, it becomes confusing you know but uh okay so i want to move into like the current technology but first i want to hear the story of your career so you mentioned that you did quite a few things you know you moved through industry so can you give us kind of like your 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 uh career story of how you went from school and then you know what you went through you mentioned software development and things like that yeah sure i can mention like <clears throat> my my first projects they were more like I will start building and learning how to create a website by my own. I think, well, maybe I was really curious about it. I wanted to have maybe my own blog or stuff like that. Maybe, you know, things so from 2000, I think it was 2009, yeah. 2008. It was really a while ago. And maybe that was one of the, some things or few things you, 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 you can do, you know, on that time. And then I started just like, uh, when just, mm, Apple appears, the first iPhone, the first Android, I start to creating uh, mobile apps. I finished already my, my studies. And um, I think I did like uh, three apps. I published them to the Google Play. It's like at the Apple Store, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, you see how you publish something, you have different ideas. I think I did three projects. Uh, one was like a school schedule, super easy, but it was for <laughs> just to have like agenda of what are the, um, what are the assignments, no? what you will have, what are the classes, what was the time, right. when it happens, what they start, what they finish, right? I don't know how to say it properly in English, but I think you know you know what yeah, my, like my point. Yeah, no? I guess we would say we call it an agenda, kind of like the, e, yeah, like, but it's like a f weekly or monthly agenda, right? Right. Yeah, and it, you have it fixed because when you go to university or school, every week is the same, right? Mm -hmm. So you do it once, and yeah, you just use it to see what class, where, where it happens, so on. So that was one one of my first projects. Then I the second project I did, it was like a social network between uh people who practice sports no like some 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 sort of like a facebook let's say mm. but without pictures just uh, recording your personal best it was about running no so 
just recording the event, where it took place, what was your time, and it was fully online. Maybe it was um, one of the... Well, at that time, I think where there, there were not many um, like cloud-connected applications right. on that time in the market because maybe we had only maybe Facebook and Twitter and and anything else. Everything was offline. You were you download something to your phone and you were not able to connect to the cloud. Now now it's just like a normal, but before it was a bit harder, and that was my final project. Um, let's say from what was study, right? And my third application I just published at that time, it was just like a, a Candy Crush. I think you know that famous game. Oh, candy, super fun. <laughs> yeah, I tried to reinvent the well, but you know, mm-hmm. it's really hard to publish a game with zero downloads and go right. that, that height. So yeah, I think I get maybe a couple of thousand of downloads, maybe two or three thousand i mean not much uh the rest of the application the f- the first two i mentioned they had more downloads more years us- more users and and so on and they were easy to do than a game so let's say the game industry it's much harder to well to make something working because at the end it's really hard to get downloads and so on and that was really nice that i made those projects because I use them like a portfolio to join my my first company. So, yeah, I mean, if someone is studying right now or is about to study or is finishing his studies, I would recommend everyone just to have like his own portfolio of projects, what they made and to have things to show, you know, because at the end, doesn't matter if if you finish any career anywhere, if you don't have nothing to show now, if it's like, if you are an artist, artist, you need to have something to show to people. Yeah. Or if you're a musician to have some, you know, master records or something, you know, to, because otherwise you cannot prove what is your way of working, what you can do and so on. So this is maybe the, one of my, my advices now for people in this mm. industry. Yeah. That was, you read my mind. That was going to be my next question. You know, like <laughs> what, like what you recommend, Cause I know, you know, I mean, you speak about it, but you're speaking from a time that was very, like you mentioned, it was very juvenile. There were a few yes. options, you know, now, I mean, I, I don't, I've never tried to develop an app, but I imagine the technology is way <laughs> more easier now, way better, way more mm-hmm. accessible, you know? Sure. Um, and we have much better technologies nowadays, so you can do much powerful things like with less resources than before. So, right, yeah. Right. You know, and everybody has the phone, you know, it's like you could just you could learn, you could watch, ten, you know, eight hours of YouTube videos and learn how to program if you really put your mind to it, you know, I mean, at least beginning to and then from there True. build on, you know, and you mentioned right there the importance of having a resume, in other words, you know, having a portfolio, having something to show for your work. And do you think, do you think that process of building the app help you learn actually more, like help you advance? Yes, that was the next I wanted to say. It really it really helps you because it changes your way of thinking. You apply, let's say, in that project, everything that you learned. Even you're facing new problems that you never had or you never thought about. So I think it's the perfect uh, real-world scenarios, no? To face with the problems that you never had, to see how to fix them. And yeah, at the end, you can launch your own product, your own app, website, a game, whatever. So, yeah. For sure, yeah. I mean, that's fascinating. So you move through, mm-hmm. you know, you have your three apps, you know, you seem, you, you show, you're showing passion, you know, and I think it's important for people to know, to hear that from somebody who's been through it, you know, that, that it's all about practices, you know, practice mm-hmm. makes perfect, they say, you know, you practice, practice, and then you get better. Uh, so once you get into the company you know you have your track record they see that you've already built three apps and so is it like immediately like yes come 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 work with us well no it's not that easy because you you need to apply it like to many companies some people some companies they want to have like a junior people working with them some some companies they just want to have like a 
only experienced people in their teams. And even though if they are small or startups or something, so they are looking for someone with maybe five, 10 years experience. So let's say at the end, at the beginning, let's say it's not that easy to get like your first job. But when you get one and you have maybe one, two or three years experience, it's easier to to get like a, a, a better one. So maybe the hardest thing is to finish study, to have your own portfolios, to to have projects, to have, I don't know, real world problems. And then you can go to some company and, and show them like, okay, this is what I know to do. This is what I have, um, you know, and then it will be much easier than someone who just, you know, finish any, any degree or whatever but they never did nothing so yeah yeah definitely uh how about like for for you know the the up-and-coming developers right now i mean i imagine the markets become saturated you know because it's much more accessible (laughs) you know there's probably a lot of people fighting for the same jobs there's probably a lot of people that want to get into google a lot of people that want to get into the big tech companies (laughs) you know but how would you and this is just a question that came into my mind but do you think it's important for people, you know, you mentioned working with startups, things like that. How about like opportunities like that, getting in with the little guys and helping them build their brands. Do you think that's important for software development today? Um, well, depends what you mean with building your own brands. What, what do you mean with that exactly? Uh, well, I mean like a startup company, for example, let's say there's a company that they're building something like a, let's say if it's an app or maybe they're building oh, an yeah. insurance company and, and they need somebody to just do something like build their website, you know, and maybe uh-huh. somebody would say, no, I don't want to do that. It's too small of a job. You know, I'd rather work at a uh-huh. nice big company, you know, but but let's say there's not enough opportunity for everybody. Do you think somebody could still gain a lot of value through an experience like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if maybe you you have small experience, like maybe one, two years, then I think this can be the perfect fit for you. Uh, because some people with really high experience, you no, know, like really seniors, they will not accept those jobs. But right. uh, people who are just starting, they will, they will. I mean, they can try. They can do good stuff. Um, and well, it can be, uh, you know, a good, like a first company, probably a stepping, a stepping stone and step up to the, to the, exactly. Uh, so once you get in that first company, what was your experience working there? Like, what did you, what was your role there as a developer? Um, yeah, my role was a developer. Um, it was what we call in, in the software industry. We call it like a full stack developer. It's mainly uh, people who uh, do like a, well, let me try to explain it to someone not technical now. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Please explain it for the dummies like myself. Yeah, it's like hard to explain, but at the end, it's just like a people who does like all the layers in a big software, no? Um, let's say from the, what the clients see, no? We call it like a front end, no, like the first phase of, of your app, the, the design, all the buttons, you know, the forms, the anything, no, then we have like intermediate layer when all, when you click some button, no, people thinks it does some magic (laughs) when you click like send button or whatever, (laughs) those kinds of red buttons that we have in all the apps. No, everyone wants to doubt, no, at the end. This is intermediate layer contains like uh, all the um, all the logic of, of your app, and then we have the third layer. Let's call it like at the database, you no, know, where you store just information tables. It's um, if you know Excel, it's maybe the most similar thing what we have there. You can have tables with I know products, clients, uh, categories. I mean anything. So. This is somehow what full stack does, right? And yeah, I, when the company is smaller, in my case, it was like a, we were like a 15 people, um, like just covering different roles. Um, and I think it's the best place to learn, to learn 
like how how the how the industry works like anything i would say it's maybe the best to start in a startup because it's harder in the beginning because you are just facing more problems more challenges and more things depends by uh, on you you know um so yeah uh, let's say that was my 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 first job like a first professional job right and did you enjoy it? did i mean how yeah how much fun was it for you and like what <laughs> parts of it did you enjoy the most i mean you're constantly constantly learning no because there is a lot of people around some of them are seniors some of them are like a mid level some of them are like a, just like a project managers uh, people from from support departments people from from call centers let's say we have like a support department as well we had sales we had marketing so it's nice because when it's small you get in touch with everyone so you just walk in this small little company and you just get different ideas different point of view and then people have ideas that you maybe you never thought about because they are from different departments they are not even related with it and i think speaking and uh, sharing ideas with different uh, different people you can just do great things together and things maybe you never imagine because you are sharing like a different visions different things to improve let's do this in this app let's do this in this software let's fix this in this way and i think it's the best yeah no definitely i think that i we've uh that's a pattern that i noticed a lot is like the the community having a community around a company is important <laughs> you know to have that camaraderie to have like like you mentioned you know you walk in everybody knows your name and then you're able to talk to everybody mm -hmm. with an openness i think that's important even in something like mm -hmm. technology you know because you mentioned it, it inspires creativity <laughs> it inspires you know it's like people have great ideas they just not everybody has the capability to turn their ideas into a reality as you mentioned you know so it's it's, it's fascinating to hear that from you and what i want to ask there is like all right so you mentioned working in a small company but just for, let's say, like a company like Twitter or, or, you know, somewhere where it's a big website, you know, they, how many developers at any given time are working on a website like Twitter? <laughs> That's a good question because I think they have like a 50,000 people working in that wow. company. But of course, they have marketing, they maybe yeah. they have legal, they have. Oh, okay. I thought it was 50,000 developers. I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe for sure they are less. And now with Elon Musk, there is a lot of cuts. Uh, I think now they are just 30% of, of people just because of the cuts, right? But if we think like Twitter, like a idea that can be built with a small amount of people because it's not that hard, but, you know, always the company escalates, always you need to have, you can start just with developers. But then you probably need a legal team to, I don't know, mm. to deal with many problems in different countries. Every There is different laws around. So at the end, you need to have your own uh, legal department. You probably you need to have a marketing department if you want to, I don't know, make advertisements to let people know what your product is, no? Then for sure, you need social media, you need designers to build how it has to look like um there is a lot of things to to cover security there is thousands of, of things i mean <laughs> we can continue with this list and it can be just like you know yeah, yeah <laughs> no it's like everything that you need to build a company the marketing the advertising mm -hmm. you need your yeah. you know your ceo to run things you need your your you like you mentioned even the customer service if you have a customer service line it's fascinating. I didn't think about that. You know, I kind of just thought about it like the smart guys could do it by themselves. But you're right. They need they need the whole team, you know, and it's like, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> so, I mean, like you said, right, there's everybody can build an app, but not everybody can build a successful app because there's so many elements to it, you know. And then it's like mm -hmm. I, every time I think about this, it reminds me of the story of of uh, of uh, Uber you know of like how mm -hmm. how it was it's such a when it came into the market it was such an obvious product you know like why <laughs> of course 
You know, you order a car, you know, you don't have a car, you know, it's hard to order a taxi. You just click and now there's a car here, right? But there's a lot that goes into it. You're right. There's a lot. I, I, don't, I don't want to imagine how many things are behind you, Uber. Right. When issues happening, you need to contact maybe support department or, well, anything. Mm. And imagine if some accident happens, what happened to the people, what happened to insurance? Because to be an Uber driver, you only need a driver license, a car. And a phone, right? Yeah, else. <laughs> so let's say at the end that company it just solve you all the possible troubles that can happen because it's not only built up that just creates like a road, no, in the map. Like okay, let's go from the place A to place B, you know, just like a in this way, and this guy just will drive. No, there is a lot of problems behind the scene. No one knows. No one wants to know, and no one's think about. But when you are probably inside of such a big company, you will see all of them. <laughs> and there are people thinking how to do it the better, you know, just to be successful and not lose money or no frauds or whatever. Mm. So it's also challenging when you just grow up too quick or, or anything. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think it's, I think it's interesting to see when, when apps come up like that, like, you know, because it's the indication of the market in some sense, but then it's also that mixed with the fact that, you know, some companies are really good at marketing, you know, like the dating apps, for example, <laughs> that became really popular in the last like 15 years, you know, like these things just pop out and then it's like, oh, well, people are lonely. So the apps are going to get very popular, <laughs> you know, so it's like that's that's going to happen. But then it's like, I, I mean, I don't know, that becomes a philosophical question of like, you know, how much responsibility should you leave to a machine versus how much should you take on with your own brain, you know, because the, <laughs> the technology is supposed to help. But then it's like, does it help if it takes away your ability to use your own brain? You know, it's like, that's the question. <laughs> that's the AI question, you know, so we can move on into AI, which is like, you know, right now, you know, the aim is, you know, from what I hear is the AGI, you know, the general intelligence, you know, uh, from what I understand you know the the machine essentially learns and then it has a, some some ability to to be to correct its own mistakes which i think is the biggest <laughs> dilemma you know like i was listening to this uh guy this interview guy i forgot his name he's he's some guy from google and he was talking about how you know we were talking about the robot arms and he was talking about how they were trying to program an arm to pick up a yellow ball and at first it didn't even know how to grab the ball it didn't know how to do nothing he said a week later he comes back and the thing knows exactly how to grab the yellow ball he comes mm -hmm. back a week later and now one program taught every armed program how to count you know grab yellow balls and then it's like you know it's like to me it doesn't really make a whole bunch of sense because i just don't understand it you know i'm not smart enough to understand it but for somebody like you if you can like what what is AI? Like, what exactly when we say artificial intelligence, like, what are we talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, good question. Actually, AI is completely new field happening right now. Well, it exists since the 70s, I think, like, like idea, but no one actually implemented it until maybe probably the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And now it started to be a thing, no? Everyone talks about AI, no one, pro and Everyone knows, uh, I mean, everyone, sorry, everyone talks in a, in a different ways, but at the end, anyone understands what it does like behind and how it gets you like answers. Like let's, let's think about it's a GPT mm -hmm. uh, where you ask any sort of question and it gets you an answer, no? Mm -hmm. uh, at the end, how it works is basically it has like a, a thousand of million of parameters, no? Mm. Um, and at the end, you are sending a text, and it's what it does. It builds like a, the most. Um, it works like with uh, probability, statistics, and so on. And when it starts writing, the next word it but it it's going like a behind is like the 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 most uh, probabilistic let's let's call it no mm. uh that needs to fit in there no like uh 
so basic it's basically just like a goes through it's really hard to explain <laughs> no, but basically it's go from your question no to generate something that is logically like um like predict predictable no predictable yeah, yeah predictable yes yeah, yeah. No, no i think you're explaining it well i think what i think the issue is that it's like it's kind of like explaining the brain right it's like think about if you tell a person like you know if you ask them a question well it's the same <laughs> how process. you get the answer no? yeah it's the same process it's like okay you go into mm -hmm. your memory and then you know well you don't want to say something weird that's going to scare the person so you you eliminate all the strange answers <laughs> and then you kind of come to the logical answers like Let's say you ask me, Raul, what's the weather outside? You know, if I say it's purple, you're going to be like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> you know, I have to look. I have to say, oh, it's kind of cloudy. You know, it's a little gray outside. And that that will satisfy you because it's like satisfying. You answered my question mm -hmm. as I would like it to be answered, which is kind of what the chat does. The chat GPT does, right? It's like you're saying. Mm -hmm. It's taking millions of parameters of conversations of this data points, in other mm -hmm. words. And... And you know what I didn't know until right now what you're saying, but it makes sense. It's like that it's predicting as it's writing. So even as mm -hmm. it's writing a word, it's it's using what it just wrote to predict what it's going to write, which is correct. Again, it's closer to the human brain, which is scary to me because it's, well, it's it's different because at the end, uh, let's say what uh, AI yeah. is good right now is to somehow evaluate a big sets of data, no. Uh, we are really bad on this now because we don't really understand statistics. We don't really understand huge numbers. You cannot count in your mind like, I mean, count, I mean, like a visualize mm -hmm. something more than 100 units or something. You can maybe visualize 10, 15, but think in, I know, 35 apples. You have no idea how many 35 are. No, you might, you know, it's a big amount, mm -hmm. like, right? But you don't know exactly a number, no? Because you, if you now just close your eyes and let's say, okay, let's put just like a 35 apples one on top of, of another. Mm -hmm. Just your mind is just like a start breaking and you don't see like exact amount because they just like a disappear. It's weird, no? The behavior. But let's say with, and this happens with, if the number is bigger, we start, we start well, we start, stop understanding those kind of things, no? But with machines, it's different. With machines, it's like they just can move and uh, somehow analyze big amounts of information, no? So um, this is a really interesting topic because they help us to make decisions mm -hmm. if we provide them like, a, I know, some sort of like a numbers or some sort of amounts of data, no? And you just, we just drop those this data not to the ChatGPT or any any algorithm uh, we we do by by our own with with this technology you no know? and it filters you and just provides you the data that you wanted to see right. and this is amazing but when it gets to the really easy stuff like in a real world like things we do naturally like i don't know moving or taking things or just like um make decisions or something it doesn't work in this way, no? Mm -hmm. So it's really good on some tasks, but really bad in others. Maybe this will change in five, 10 years. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I think that's what they're talking about. Yeah, because what you're describing, right, is like, yeah, the, the what what's currently separates us from the AI, you know, it's like, uh, you know, the popular thing is, or the popular term is, you know, used as the Turing test, you know, the Alan Turing's test of, of trying to create an AI that can uh, that can fool a human into thinking they're chatting with another human. You know, which is like, yeah. I, I feel like that could happen now just with the way it is, <laughs> the way it works. And plus some people probably yeah. would just, some people are just gullible enough to believe it anyways. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, like with my experience, what I found is, is like what you're saying in some sense of like, oh, okay, like we've learned so much in our life right but we forget most of it like you can't remember what your kindergarten teacher mm -hmm. was teaching you about math like you know the math you know how to add five plus five you've learned mm -hmm. the method but you can't remember you can't go back to that data that you collected and bring it back mm -hmm. and what ChatGPT does is it holds all the data 
together and like you mentioned it's kind of like a librarian you know it's like it knows exactly what book to go and grab for you it knows mm-hmm. where the word what you're looking for you know like i've used it to help build business plans for example right like let's say i was talking to a company right and then their focus is on something like yoga let's say they're trying to do a yoga studio you know and what you could do is look up like and this is the very simple application you could look up like what is the history of yoga and it'll tell you, you know, like, okay, yoga comes from India, da, 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 it comes from this. And then if you want to get specific, you get specific and it'll get specific with you. So I think it's, it's like having a second brain in some sense, but I think <laughs> like a brain that actually holds the data for you, which is uh-huh. it's an interesting concept, you know, in terms of what we've been up to this point as humans. Like, you know, we've been using our brain this whole time, uh-huh. you know, and the geniuses are we're super good at using their brains. And... But it's like, in some sense, I don't know. I wonder what the goal is. Like, what do you think the goal is? Is it to make everybody smarter? Yeah, I think at the end, it just will be like a tool, no? To use for us. It just will be just like extension. Right now, before people were saying the same about mobile phones, mm. when just internet came. But it's not a bad thing. At the end, you can use it for your own benefit and to be faster on some tasks. If... Yeah, let's let's have an example. If now you need to do some sort of task, imagine you are an artist or you need to do some sort of like a Photoshop or something. I did Photoshop and maybe if you want to have like a really nice result, you need to just like spend hours right. to, to do something nice. But now with things like um, we have uh, DALI, we have MidJourney that generates images from the previous trainings, you can train one of those um, neural networks. They are also AI, no? You can um, teach them to use your face and it can create anything with your face. Maybe you see in many of those images around internet, like a people like, uh, I can say, okay, put my face into Iron Man. So I will be Iron Man, for example, or Spiderman or anything. So you just say, okay, use my face for doing, I don't know, uh, this uh, image or or how to say it, like those flyers that you use for uh, make like a, you know, announcement or advertisements, no? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, you can, yeah, that's that's one of the fascinating, I've used AI art for that, you know, I've used it for uh, just to, I play with AI a lot, like I'll just type in <laughs> images like you say. And it, exactly. it, sometimes you get some pretty interesting results, like some pretty abstract. It saves you hours. Oh, yeah. It saves you hours oh, at the yeah. end. And yeah. you know what it does for me? Like, like I, I would consider myself, in terms of ideas, pretty creative. Mm-hmm. But it's like I can't draw my ideas, you know? Like, like I see yeah. an artist and, like, you know, they draw this beautiful painting and I just know I can't do <laughs> that. You know, yeah. it's like, and what I, I have two choices, right? It's like either I put years into learning art or yeah. I just type, Hey, draw me a Picasso caliber painting with a, of my dog or whatever, you know, and then it's like it exactly just, I, in two seconds, it just gives me the image. And then I'm like, oh, well, I guess I did it. And this is really a good point because this will not replace people or artists because at the end they have like a really good ideas. Mm-hmm. And let's say even those models, they are trained by artist styles now because you can say, okay, draw, draw something or take this picture and convert it in a like a Picasso style, no? Mm-hmm. And it does that's the job. It just converts any piece of art with the style that you provide. But of course, before it was trained with pictures, it was trained with thousands of millions of images mm-hmm. uh, to to know okay, this is a car, this is a face, this is a hand, this is a tree, this is a floor, this is you know uh, water. And for them to exist, they need to go. First we have the the floor, then we have some tree in the middle, then we have less, like a sky or sun or something. No, so you need to, let's say those uh, those models they need to somehow understand all those parameters, how the image needs to structure. And at the end, it's the same. It's data. It's a computer algorithms creating something based on your requests, because this is not just like an intelligent model. No, no, it's following a pattern that you train it for. 
it doesn't create like a it dreams how how it knows this is a human how it knows this is a rock or how it knows this is a table it doesn't right. but right. you trained this model showing him okay like maybe 5000 tables like to know in different angles in different perspectives like okay this is a table it can be like in different in different places this it can be different angles with different colors and it's starting to understand the same with animals humans color of hair eyes so yeah i mean it's just like it's not smart it's trained with thousands of millions of data that we cannot support in our com right. you know I, home computers uh -huh. and i see that today when i use the, those programs you know like i'll type something you know like a dice you know you see this dice here like yeah. I'll, I'll type something like like a, like draw a dice and it doesn't know <laughs> that this is the dice it just knows it draws a cube with shapes on the side that's what it'll give me because like mm -hmm. you mentioned right it's only it's trying to figure out what you're saying based off of patterns mm -hmm. versus Correct. versus me and you where i can tell you like you know the sun you know you can vividly mm -hmm. imagine what the sun is because you know what the sun is mm -hmm. and it's interesting to you that because because it is like right now we're not there right but but a lot of the fear is like oh it's gonna grow and it's gonna be smarter than us and <laughs> And, and again, the fear is like that it will eventually somehow comprehend spatial dimensions. It will eventually comprehend mm -hmm. uh, the, you know, force equations of how much force, of how much grab, of how much, you know, things like this. Do you think with your experience that that's, I mean, obviously right now we're saying, you know, it doesn't know. It can't know. Obviously it doesn't, even though it uh -huh. can pretend, it can act as if it knows. It, like you mentioned, it has no actual ability to let's say uh differentiate between a dog or a tree it just knows which, <laughs> what you've called a dog up to this point but 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 i mean i don't know the top people say it you know even the guy sam altman the guy who invented chat gbt you know they're saying these things like oh uh, it could get smarter than people and to me like just based off of what you're saying i don't see how that's possible but like what how <sighs> Like what makes that possible or like, what's the fear there? Yeah, I think maybe the, the fear, I mean, there is like a two, two points. No, first point is that it, one of the dangerous things is that there, they can be cats in jobs. Right. And the second thing is if it gets uh, smarter than us, what means smarter? If smarter means to store more information. I mean, of course we have a limited, uh, you know, Capability. capacity capability yeah just to store i don't know you only can do one career or two in your life but this this model they can train in every speciality of course because it's a supercomputer just like a moving thousand of terabytes of information and yeah of course it's like a it, it can have all the information and it, it can even provide you like a different point of view that was never analyzed because maybe you never cross crossed like a different fields and you never cross like a different uh, studies or something. Of course, this, I think this will help and this will just somehow um, increase what we know in many fields. It will help. And the second thing about the possible cuts, imagine jobs like this happened in the, um, in the, what, what's the name? Sorry. The, in Spanish is Revolución Industrial. Oh, the, uh, do you oh, know? The industrial Revolution. Industrial. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly the same. So well, in the, the industrial, exactly. It's same happened. They say, okay, how you going to replace people doing things by hand? with machines and and people with future vision to say, okay, because you can build more things and you no need to be in the factory 12 hours or 15 hours. A machine does this for you and you can go, you can be at home just like a resting. And this is like a, just like automatic process that can be done, you know, to, I know, build uh, cars or any sort of electronics or something. You know, and this will actually, it will increase exponentially the, um, the costs no, of things. Imagine if someone needs to do a computer by hand, it will take like ages <laughs> and even the size or something of, of things or, or a pair of shoes. Of course, someone can, can does this for you, 
like a handmade shoes, they will cost maybe 100 times more. They will cost maybe $400 instead of $4 because they, they are done. Of course, the quality will be better. The everything will be better, but we are saying about how many pairs of them you can, you can build no? or you, or you can just like a create in one night of, you know, in the factory. So this is actually, it's not like a probably losing jobs. This will be more like, um, going faster or provide uh, resources maybe to countries or to people that that they didn't have uh, if you are a writer for example in a newspaper at the end it have a like a structure you have a title you have a body of them of some sort of new you want to cover and it has some sort of like a resolution and with facts that happened no mm. um and at the end this is really easy to automatize or to have like a, some sort of like a um, way to do it quickly. Imagine to write those articles. Maybe it will take you maybe four, eight hours to do like a pro proper two pages article to be like a engaged for, for people, no? And now with, with something like a ChatGPT, you can just easily say, okay, th those are the topics I want to cover. Those are the main words I want to use. This is what happened. And in in maybe two, three, four lines, it will generate you a two-page text wow. with mm, probably 90% of what you want to cover. Maybe later you need to do some adjustments, of course. But for sure, you will de deliver faster. Mm. And there is less uh, probably grammar. You need to think about what word I will use after this one. So these algorithms they know what word to use next because they analyze like a thousand of texts and they know what words go after some word that happened before you know so if we say hi my name is so when you uh, write hi the next possible word can be be one of top 10 you know and maybe it will be name or mine or you know so at the end, it just like a, creates like a perfect fit and perfect balance between words and to make the text the text have sense, you know. So right. this is just like amazing. Right. And what I hear there a lot of the times <laughs> is like, you know, it's like a solution to, you know, you have human error. You, you always got to correct for human error. You know, you got your processes like proofreading that you have to go through, you know. So it seems to it seems to kind of have a solution for the proofreading process. It, because it's more it's easier to adjust an ai to learn to not make mistakes than it is a human right because we'll make mm -hmm. humans we make mistakes more on like a careless basis or maybe just by accident you know like mm -hmm. we'll we'll type a word and maybe we miss a letter or something and then we print it with a typo mm -hmm. you know and i think yeah i think a lot of the conversation or what people push back against is like uh they're more like they're they like the idea of there being mistakes you know and, and i think what what it is is like oh you push too much towards like machines that perfect being a human and then it's like you know the attitude becomes the machine is perfect and humans are imperfect therefore machine <laughs> is greater than man you know and i think that's where the attitude of like oh you know the machine is going to replace us or or oh it's going to be something like that you know but but the way you describe it, I think it's very hopeful, and I think it's it's good to it's good to have that attitude, you know, of like using it as a tool, and and then through that progressing the entire quality of life, you know, the quality of life mm -hmm. that we have, you know, the quality of art, even, you know, like you mentioned, uh, being able to generate ideas or or perspectives that maybe you didn't consider before, mm -hmm. you know. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think, uh, so I want to move into the last seven questions of the podcast because that was a pretty positive way to end it, you know, we'll end it <laughs> on a positive note about uh, AI because I feel like when we've been talking about it, it's been mostly like doomsday stuff, but the way you talk about it, you know, it really gives a light onto how we could use it in the future, you know, for, for positive, mm -hmm. you know, but, but yeah, so the seven questions, uh, the first question is Igor, what motivates you to get out of bed every day? Um, sorry, can you come back again? What motivates uh, me? What? Yeah, what motivates you to get out of bed every day? Get the ah, out of bed. Yeah, yeah, no, no, out of bed, yeah. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> this really philosophical question, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is hard to, hard to say. Um, Are you an AI? No, I'm just playing. 
<laughs> Probably. <laughs> As I a model. <laughs> I, I don't have clear answer, no? <laughs> I cannot compute. Yeah, uh, let's let's go with the question. Yeah. Actually, what motivates me, maybe it's just like a, to be your better version of what you what you did yesterday and what you're going to do today and to try to somehow do what you like. I don't know if you have some some sort of like a dreams or if you have some sort of like a, a business ideas or project, whatever, to <clears throat> every day to be like a one step closer, not to them. For example, I mean, of course, you cannot archive all your ideas in one day, but um, but you can do go step by step. So today to be one step closer than yesterday and tomorrow one step closer. And maybe in three months or three years, you will archive something that otherwise doing nothing, you will never end up there, you know, and you will never archive those goals. Yeah. That's a good. That's good advice too. My next question was gonna be advice, but I think that's advice. And and <laughs> uh, let's see the third question. Can you tell us about the first time you ever felt accomplished in your life? Like the first time you ever felt like I did it. Yeah, when you just have the best goal knowing your life, right? Mm. Yeah. Um. Probably. Maybe I will have. As we are talking about jobs and so on, I will say probably getting your first job and finishing some some sort of like a big project uh, in it, like a, something like a one-year project or two-year project you are working on. And at the end, you just show up like all the results that you, you were working, you know, yeah. and you're showing the world like, okay, this is what you have. This is the project that we build. This is the product that we're going to... Uh, to show to the to the world and let's see if they like it mm -hmm. and if it if it is what was expected no so maybe this is one of uh one of good feelings that you you have no right, to be accomplished <laughs> can you share with us right now any longer or short term goals that you have goals that you have in mind um yeah let's say right now I'm 30 no so let's say right now as um what I wanted to to do, like my, my goals are mainly to have some sort of like a life work balance and to focus in my in myself, to focus in um in sports, to to don't like to don't be hundred percent just like uh focused in in the job you know mm -hmm. to not be 24 hours thinking like okay what i going to do tomorrow or yeah i need to think and to finish this i wanted to do in the office and this is really like a spanish mentality no like to don't be just overcrowded no with right. with some sort of like uh ideas we say don't get your your job to your home because otherwise you will always mm -hmm. thinking on this and maybe you will disconnect from other other things no right yeah i think i think right now especially like that's that's something that a lot of people struggle with you know it's like the like you mentioned yeah. the life balance with work and then you know trying not to bring the stress of work to your house or to your house mm -hmm. or your work you know Good piece of so it's per too perfect to have some some sort of routine like oh, okay right. I'm working from eight to five then I go to the gym I do this and then I work in, in some personal project or reading a book who knows yeah good advice uh so the, let's see oh uh how has your experience in life shaped you today how has it affected the way you are today like at the end all the small decisions that you are you're making now like okay so should i uh, study this or should i get this job should i switch should i quit mm -hmm. and go to try with this company should i risk you know so every single decision that you're making uh, it's just like i get you for the next stage and then you you have like a, another decisions to to take and you need to take risks at the end because you can always return you know and and start <laughs> for sure yeah always take the leap yeah, that's a Abraham Maslow. You know Abraham Maslow? You ever heard about him? He's a psychoanalyst. No, I don't. He has a quote. Uh -huh. His quote is like, um, "You either step forward into progress or step backwards into comfort." You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you always need to take the risk. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, you always can have the, the the comfort just stepping yeah, back exactly exactly <laughs> uh the last two questions the first question is igor what do you love oh oh i really love you know to have like a some time for for your own to you know to have some sort of like a clean mindset to I know practice maybe some meditation to go to the gym, listen to music just to disconnect, and this is something I would recommend to everyone to do in day like a day to day because you in the long term even in the short one you will see difference to have um to have this routine. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I agree. Uh, and the last question is. Igor, what are you afraid of? <laughs> um, this is a hard one. <laughs> uh, I don't even know how to answer. Maybe do you want to give me some idea? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh what mean, sort of? I don't know. Sometimes think you people, will answer. Sometimes people say they're scared of death. Sometimes people say they're scared of not doing enough with their life. Some people are mm -hmm. afraid of uh, failure. You know, things like that. Uh, but yeah, we always ask the question just because, you know, we try and humanize, mm -hmm. I guess, you know. But I mean, is there anything that you're afraid of? Maybe even if it's not something really. small, like a spider or something. <laughs> no, not really. I think at the end, you just try to don't have, you know, these things on mind. Like, okay, I'm scary to, to not be good enough. I mean, what is the limit? No, or where do I put the the number? Okay, here I'm good enough. I'm here. I'm not. No, so I think... I will try to not think in like a really negative things. Mm. So yeah, just to be your, as I said before, maybe to be, uh, try to be your best version and don't, and don't think you are not good enough. Yeah. Just be positive. <laughs> hey, that's, that's a good way to answer that question, honestly. Uh, but yeah, folks, so here we are again. We're at the end of the episode of Ego. You want to say anything before we sign out? Um, no, I think it was really, really interesting things that we, we talk about. I mean, sorry if I don't provide you like a, the best, the best way to explain some things about AI, uh -huh. because it's like a really huge field and there is like a, a lot of open, open points and a lot of things are going, but yeah, it was really interesting that the question you had and yeah, was, was nice. No, for sure. <laughs> First, well, thank you. And hopefully. Hopefully we'll have you back on the show, you know, as things start to unfold, you know, uh, I just wanted to kind of go through, introduce you and everything, but sure thing. hopefully we could come back, you know, as the news starts to unfold. I mean, technology is growing at an exponential rate mm -hmm. right now, you know, every day it seems like, you know, the, the language models are learning and, and people <laughs> are, are figuring things out, you know, so, so hopefully we could talk again and, and get more into like Sure thing. Whenever you want, Raul, just uh, text me. Yeah. And I will try to answer all your technology yeah. questions and as much as I can, right. we can go deeper and deeper. <laughs> right. We're going to be bugging you for that because we, I'm sure people want to know, you know, especially as it becomes popular. But yeah, uh, with that, guys, you know, again, thank you to Igor for coming on, sharing his, mm -hmm. his, his knowledge, his experience, his wisdom with us. You know, I learned a lot. I, learned, I thought I knew, but I really don't know. So now I, need, now I feel like I need to go learn again. And hopefully you guys learned a lot as well. And hopefully you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. But yeah, guys, as always, uh, you know the drill. Stay safe, take care, and peace. <laughs>